Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the thing we call the Internet and uh, at MichaelDukeShow.com and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. Good morning and welcome to the program. It is uh, the Michael Duke Show and it is hump day. It feels like Monday, though, man. It's been like one thing after another this one. I'll give you a little behind the scenes. Oh, my goodness. It's been a hot, hot mess this morning already with uh, technical difficulties across the state, apparently. Um, <clears throat> not just here, but uh, with uh, apparently the interwebs is uh, not uh, is not your friend today. Let me just put that down there. Just not your friend today. And, of course, uh, everything these days is done through the internet it's uh it's pretty it's pretty pretty crazy pretty crazy all right um well let me i guess i should turn that off for just a second because i got to tell you what is going on all about the show this morning and what is happening all right so first things first uh we're going to um uh we're going to be talking just you and me this morning so i want to tell you that this morning in hour 1 it is Open line, open forum. Any topic is fair game. You want to talk about the State of the Union address from last night? Now, normally, I wouldn't care. I'll be honest with you. The State of the Union is really nothing more than a, I mean, it's constitutionally mandated, but <laughs> but usually it's used for partisan purposes, and I usually don't even care about it because it's just, it's so irritating, right? It's just one of those things. Uh, but I came home last night. Um, I don't know. I got home, but whatever it was, six o'clock, six thirty. Uh, it was pretty late, uh, <clears throat> considering that I get started at like four forty-five in the morning. And uh, my wife was watching the State of the Union because she knows I hate it. She knows that I hate. It. Anyway, so I ended up watching the second half of the State of the Union address, which. That's a half hour of my life I'll never get back. But uh, we could talk about it if you want. Uh, I saw some of the heckling. I saw some of the thing. I saw the, the mush mouth from the president. Um, at what point my wife said, did he just say me and the president? I'm like, I don't even know. I don't. I, we don't want to go back and watch it. It just, it, you know, it's just a, it's a hot no. Don't even bother. Um, and we could talk about some of the stuff that, that, you know, that happened there if you'd like. Uh, but again, to me, the state of the union, regardless of the president who is giving it to me at this point is just, I mean, it's a political, it's, it's, it, it's, it's about politics more than anything else. It's about, it, it really, although it is mandated, and everything else is supposed to give a state of what's happening in the union. The state of the, the, the state of the, the United States is strong. Okay, that was it. That was the, that's the, the line from the whole thing. Um, but 
uh, in the long run. And no, I did not wait for Sarah Huckabee, Sarah Saunders Huckabee to get up and give the rebuttal because, again, more politics. I just it, – it, what it is what it is. So um, did you see Joe Biden kissing Kamala's husband? Yes, I did. I was like, that's like on the lips. What are you guys doing? What's going on over there? That's national television. Um, and uh, anyway – it, yeah, and at least Nancy Pelosi wasn't there to pop up every 13 seconds. I mean, Kamala had to fill that job, but, you know, it was – anyway, I, I don't care who who's doing it. But if you want to talk about that, hey, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, I'd love to hear it. Love to hear it. Love to talk about it. Love to be part of it. Then um, we uh, we can also talk about things that are happening in the state, although I'll be honest with you. I was looking at the news stories for early this morning, and I'm like, well, these are the same stories from yesterday. Is there not? Did nothing happen in the state that was really, I mean, nothing is going on that, uh, okay. I mean, it was just, it's, it's, it was a slow news day yesterday. So, yet another reason why we can talk about, um, whatever you want to talk about. Although I did notice that the Alaska Watchmen did, Finally get the, uh, they've got the story up now talking about uh, the David Haig and the grand jury rights and what's going on. Um, and uh, it, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, and I guess that's it. So hour one is open line, open form. So let me just first say phone lines are open. Uh, and special thanks to your friends at Satellite West who uh, who sponsor the program uh, every day and bring you this hour of the program and help power the phone lines and everything else. SatelliteWest.com is where you go for them. And uh, again, it really doesn't matter from, uh, you know, from Tetlanica to, to, uh, to uh, Tanana to wherever it is that you are in the state that begins with a T or an M for Minto and Minchumina or Metlakatla or Cake or Ketchikan or Cordova. I'm just now I'm just making stuff up. But whatever it is, wherever you are, that's 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 where Satellite West can help you out. Satellitewest.com to help keep you connected via phone, text message, emails, and even surfing the internet. Satellitewest.com. And we know you can do nothing these days without the internet, right? Especially this show. We can't do this show without the internet because that's what's required. All right. Um, so that uh, that is uh, that's the the kickoff for hour one. In hour two, we're going to uh, uh, we're going to be talking with uh, State Senator Mike Shower. Mike Shower is going to be joining us, and we'll see what he has to say for the Shower Hour of Power. And then um, tomorrow, I'm still working on some guests. Uh, Kathy Tilton was going to try and get her on today, but let's keep her in our thoughts because uh, her mom has got some medical issue, emergency things. So please keep her in her thoughts there. Uh, and then maybe she might have time tomorrow. We'll see what happens. And then on Friday, I'm working on Jacob Sullum from Reason Magazine. Plus, Chris Chang is going to be joining us. Um, and Chris Chang has got a... Uh, Chris Chang, uh, or excuse me, uh, David. Uh, let me start that fresh. Let me start one. Let me start that over. Chris Chang's going to be with us, Top Shot champion. Then uh, we're working on Jacob Sullum from Reason Magazine, who's just written the article about um, 
the decision by the Supreme Court, uh, or by the the uh, one of the federal courts rather, that um, first of all that you can't deny felons the rights for guns, that domestic you know the people who have been accused of domestic abuse can't have their rights abrogated, and also that people who are marijuana users can't have their fe- their uh, firearms rights taken. I mean, it's like wow, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Uh, so anyway, we're going to talk with Jacob Sullum about that. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we're, we're trying to work out a deal, trying to figure out how much I got to pay him under the table. No, no, I don't have to pay him anything. But he's trying to see if we can clear his schedule to get him on on Friday for Firearms Friday. See, there we go. Uh, did we talk about Dan Sullivan's speech? Somebody's asking in the chat room. No, we're. I have not talked about Dan Sullivan's speech uh, yet. Um, but uh, we could. We could. We could talk about that. I'm, I mean, you see see this phone number? Just give it a call. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. What I'm trying to say is this morning that is that I was trying to put out fires and the normal stuff that I would do to prep for the show uh, only got done a little bit. Let's just put it that way, right? So I had the story up to talk about Dan Sullivan's speech. But I have not read the I have not read the body of the speech or even the commentary on the body of the speech. So see see what I'm doing. Now, if I'd gotten up at at four o'clock this morning, I probably could have done that. But <clears throat> you know, mistakes were made. Things you know, I have regrets. I I have a few regrets this morning. Uh, all right. So that's uh, that's being said. Um, so that's it. <laughs> Greg in the chat room says, I had better things to do than listen to bumbling Joe. Uh, you know, I mean, again, it was a good speech for what it was, but yeah, I mean, he's it just, there were several times that, I mean, I only watched it for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I I caught the last 15 minutes of it and I was like, man, he just, it's good. It's, um, he, he, he really needs to, uh, Again, mouthful of mush, and I'm not trying to crit. I'm not, I guess I am trying to criticize him, but you're hoping for a little bit of a b- better, whatever state of decline. Says Donna. Uh, all right. Um, so that's it. So that's that's what we've got planned for today. Which means y- you can help me out by giving me a call and let's talk about it at nine zero seven four three three thirty one fifty nine zero seven. Four three 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 one five zero. You can also drop me an email. The email address is me at michaeldukeshow.com. Me at michaeldukeshow.com. You can drop me an email there, and I'd love to uh, hear what you have to say. I got an interesting uh, email yesterday from um, from David, um, who was kind enough to um, send me an attachment. He said I attended a presentation about the state pension program at the University of Alaska Fairbanks that took place a few years ago. And uh, he said it was very informative, good info, good detail, and an excellent primer on what's going on what's going on. So he and he included the pitch deck, the the PowerPoint presentation from uh, when this uh, when this took place. And uh, this was uh, originally created, uh, well, the last time this document was saved was back a few years, like 15 years. 
Um, the this was from the MBA office of the University of Alaska Fairbanks. That's who created the. Do- I mean, I'm looking at the document details here because you can do that, right? You know, you can go back and look at the who created it and what. T- so I can see who created it, which is uh, Carl Ewing, uh, who was uh, in the MBA office of the University of Alaska. We might go over this tomorrow uh, because I just got the email <clears throat> this morning. Or I just saw the email this morning because it came in late last night after I was asleep. Um, but uh, yeah, this is an interesting. This is an interesting take on the Turs and Purs program, and uh, gives you a little bit of insight. Uh, so we'll thank you, David, for dropping it to me via email, and uh, we'll be probably discussing that tomorrow. And I'll be sharing some of those slides with you as well uh, if you're going to watch. Uh, on the simulcast on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch. Uh, or you could go back and do that as well. So we're, I'm thinking we're going to do that tomorrow. Uh, that should be that should be fun. Uh, all right. Uh, so anyway, if you want to send me an email just like David did, feel free to do it. Me at MichaelLukeShow.com. All right, we got one line on hold. Uh, do we have enough time? Oh, we're coming up on it. We're squeezing up. Let's go over and see what the caller has to say, and we'll start there. How about that? Um Let's uh, let's go over there now. Good morning, caller. Who's this? Where are you calling from? It's Jim from Fairbanks. Morning. Good morning, Mr. Hey, Jim. Um, How are you, sir? One... Hey. Hello. Go ahead, Jim. Go ahead, Jim. What's on your mind? Jim, go ahead. Hello. Jim, go ahead. What's on your mind? Yeah. I, I don't know what happened. Um I haven't heard anybody say anything about this. I sent a, a letter to uh, Representative Prax, and uh, he said he forwarded it to the governor. But uh, don't we have an Air National Guard that is supposed to take care of the people of the state of Alaska? And uh, when that balloon hit uh, at two or wherever it came across, uh, how come we didn't shoot it down? We've got uh, F-16 fighters that uh, say AK on the back of them, and we've got... Uh, um, Everything that I know, F-22s in uh, at J-Bear, I don't uh, quite understand how we even let that thing get uh, going across Alaska, period. Yeah, I'm not exactly... Anybody uh, say anything? Yeah, I'm not exactly... Anybody say anything about this? Yeah, no, I'm not exactly sure why they waited for it to go all the way across the country before they shot it down off the East Coast. I know they, you know, shooting it down overpopulated areas would have been uh, problematic, but I mean... If it's coming over Alaska, there's large areas that are unpopulated that you could probably be okay to shoot it down in. And you're right. We've got F-22s. We've got F-16s. We've got F-35s. We probably could have shot that down multiple times over. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know what the decision-making process was on why they would not shoot it down over Alaska before it transited the rest of the country. Okay, so has anybody ever asked the governor, or is there anybody other than me that even thinks that the governor is supposed to be responsible for the health and welfare of the people of Alaska, other than the fact we personally have that right to take care of ourselves? But I I guess, you know, I used to be a representative, and I kind of wonder why this hasn't even even raised a, a wrinkle on anybody's eyebrow. Well, and I don't know because, I mean, I think it ha- may have to do with National Command Authority. Uh, it wasn't an Air National Guard issue. It was an Air Force or a national issue. I don't know. Maybe that's what happened. Uh, I mean, behind the scenes, the governor really has not made a statement about it that I've seen. Um, but, yeah, you no, would, I haven't either. Yeah, you would think that they would have done something. Just a question. Something. 
Yeah. All right, Jim. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> asking for a friend. Thank you, Jim. It's good to hear from yeah. you, my friend. Thanks for Thank calling in this morning. Uh, folks, we are uh, out of time for this segment. we got more coming up. We're going to continue. Phone lines are open. You want to be part of it, come on in and be, and be part of it. That's how it works. It's a participatory sport this morning. We'd love to hear what you have to say. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Back with more right after this. And your phone calls, 907 433 3150. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Uh, Hi. How are you? Oh, my God. God, today has just been a total poo parade. Um, uh, uh, old Joe has been around the block and he puts the screws to the GOP and national TV. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know the whole thing. Um, burger joints making what? Um, all right. So I'm just, uh, it's a night of laughter. It was a night. This is Jack. It was a night of laughter and lies. How can we believe anything from this administration? I don't know. I don't know, my friends. It's a tough, tough situation uh, to listen to everything. Um, um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, let me talk amongst yourselves for just a second. I need to just talk amongst yourselves. The crisis is not just me. It's the two stations in Anchorage and everything else. So just hold on a second. I'll be right back.
Okay. Some days. Some days. All right. Let me uh, let me run back to you here. Um, had to take a break from the blah, blah, blah. I'm with you. The blah, blah, blah is like... Uh, the blah, blah, blah is, is... Yeah. Kelly says it was the worst speech ever. Yeah. Um, well, I... If Trump had given it, would we all be saying it was the best speech ever? I wouldn't be, but I mean, you know, because again, it's a political tool. It's not, it really says nothing rather than, you know, uh, it, it just, again, the divisiveness of this whole thing is really, um, uh, you think the president would use the term? You would think uh, one would think a president could learn to say semiconductor instead of the overuse of the word chips, chips, chips and dip. I mean, you know, it's a thing. It's a thing. Uh, Sullivan commented in the last ten minutes of his speech. Oh, on the last ten minutes, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the the thing yet. yet. Um. Um, uh, it's cute that some of you think us military folks have some kind of say in what happens. I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine the craft storm if it had been some random F-16 pilot decided to light that sucker up with no orders. Yeah, that would have been a bad day in Mudville for that guy. It would have been a bad, bad day. All right, let's, uh, let's continue ahead. The Michael Luke Show. Let, let me actually do it, uh, this way. There we go. Yeah, um, yeah, I know he screamed, we will ban assault weapons. I mean, he had a, you know, again, this part of that partisan moment. Can I, I mean, can I just go back to what I was talking about, uh, what I've talked about in the past, which is the con, which is basically the concept that politics, look, all right, let me just, let me just flat out say it. Let me just flat out say it. This is what I've been talking about for the last uh, uh, almost 10 years on the program now, especially when it comes to national politics. But overall, politics is destroying our soul, right? It's gotten into this this divisiveness of, uh, you know, both sides, and there is no common ground in the middle. And in fact, if you try and take a step into the common ground to say, what can we come together on? What can we agree? Is there anything of all the things that we, is there one thing that we agree on? And the minute you try and find some kind of thing that you can agree on with those that are on the opposite side from you, your own team comes out and 
stabs you full of holes for even de- how dare you try and reach across the aisle and do it uh, you know the the divisiveness is not helping and because we have become a society of instantaneous communication instantaneous like knowing something that happens in Washington DC 37 seconds after it ha- after it happens um we there is there is just like no lag in any of this and we have become consumed by the spectacle that is politics people are watching the the television and the news feeds and the internets and the facebooks and the twitter feeds and they just become so invested in it never really realizing that they have zero nearly zero i mean it is a non-zero chance it is a zero chance pretty much of impacting or actually affecting anything that's going on in Washington uh, or on the national level. And then they can't figure out later why they get frustrated and why they're so mad. It's because hope deferred makes the heart sick. You could see what you think is the problem. You want somebody to have the same kind of common sense solution that you have, that you've come up with, and yet nobody does because everybody's playing a game of CYA down there in the Beltway. And then you get upset because you're watching something that you have no effect on. It is the ultimate in frustration. It is the ultimate in impotence. No wonder people are angry. So I just stop watching that stuff. I'm still getting the highlights. People still tell me about it. I still see a headline now and then. But for the most part, I'm a happier person because I don't watch and get down into the gory details and watch, you know, read 17 articles on the same subject of which I have no control. You know what I can control? My family, my community. What I can have an input in is on what's going on in my state, my city, my borough. That's what I can control. And that's what I focus on. And that's what I think you should focus on too. Don't give so much energy to something you can't control. And I'm talking about national politics. That's that's what I'm talking about right there. Okay. Um, but maybe you think I'm wrong. Tell me. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Do you think I do you think we should be? Do you think we should be watching it all together with a microscope? And, you know, I I, I want to know. Um, I want to know. What do you think? Um, everybody, um, uh, what what is, everybody's talking about the balloon. Now, all I got to say is, I think the balloon is much ado about nothing, quite honestly. Uh, I mean, it, it was a balloon that was visible with the naked eye. Uh, if you had a good pair of binoculars, you could see it. Um, it had, you know, uh, it, uh, I, I don't think it was anything that it wasn't like super secret spy. I mean, they said, according to even the military experts, that China can get better resolution off the satellites that are already up over above us. What is this? What does this do now? If they were going to drop some kind of weapon or something. I mean, this reminds me of the. This reminds me of the air raid on the Oregon forest during World uh, World War II. You know, when the Japanese sent a uh, when the Japanese sent some thermite incendiary bombs on a single sub-based fighter 
it was basically a like a one way trip, right? They they slide up to the coast of the west coast. They they surface the submarine. The aircraft takes off from the submarine, flies with these big heavy bombs because they're going to go drop these bombs in the forests of Oregon to set forest fires to demoralize and to you know to confuse and to tie up resources fighting these forest fires. Of course, somebody in the Japanese war office, the planning office, didn't realize that it rains in Oregon a lot. So they dropped the bombs and nothing really happened. It's burned a few trees, it smoldered, and then it went out. But it sounds like that. Is that what we're trying to do here? We're trying to, you know, you think they were dropping something? Again, this thing was not hidden. The whole unit underneath the balloon was the size of what? Like two school buses or something? It's not a small apparatus. Um, It sounds like a weather balloon that they lost control of and it got picked up by the jet stream and the current and it brought it over here. Uh, Again. But we're gonna make we're gonna make a lot about it. We're gonna do actually, you know, it's gonna there's actually gonna be another thing, you know. Anyway, it's uh it's it's one of those things. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to talk about the State of the Union, I'm welcome to discuss it. Uh, I don't think that the political will is there to do all the things that Joe Biden talked about. Yes, he screamed at the top of his voice that he was going to ban assault weapons. But as we've seen in news story after news story over the last four months, that ship has sailed. That doesn't mean that we don't continue to put pressure on it. It doesn't mean we don't continue to fight for gun rights and firearms rights and everything else. But the tipping point has already been reached. The fact that the Bruin decision came out and is now continually overturning all these other laws. I mean, again, I I mentioned it earlier in the program. You know, now there's been a decision by a judge to say that uh, people who are recreational or medical marijuana users cannot be denied the right to bear firearms. Those who have been accused of domestic violence or, uh, you know, that was like the Lautenberg Amendment that even if you you didn't even have to be convicted, if you and your wife got in a fight or, you know, you and your husband got in a fight and somebody, one of you complained to the police about it and there was a domestic violence potential, a report, you could be excluded from owning firearms. If you were a white-collar felon, you could be excluded from it. And now all these court cases are coming back saying, you can't you can't do that. That is an you cannot abrogate that right. Um, and it is I mean, it's 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 very, very interesting to watch. I have said it earlier and I will say it again. I think Bruin is going to be the thing that turns around this whole debate on guns and gun rights and assault weapons and all these other things. Um, I think that this is uh, their moment. Their moment has passed. Their moment and their ability to change these things has passed. I mean, the bump stock ban that Trump put in place, yes, Trump put in place, is now being overturned. You know, they're talking about doing the whole arm brace thing, and that thing is going to run up against legal challenges, and it will be overturned for exactly the same reason that the bump stock ban was overturned, because you cannot do it by executive fiat or administrative rule. You cannot you cannot infringe on a fundamental right in that way. So, uh, you know, yeah, he could shout from the rooftops about all the things that he's going to do, about he's the greatest president who ever lived and made all the changes that nobody else could do, which again sounds just like the last guy and just like the guy before him. Again, the State of the Union is 
the, the State of the Union is really nothing more than a political, it's just a political tool at this point. It really does nothing. You know? And it doesn't matter who's in office. The State of the Union is going to be what it is. All right, let's uh, let's go over here to the phones and see uh, what you have to say. 907-433-3150. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Bonnie in North Pole. Hello, Bonnie. What's on your mind? Well, it's probably just my opinion, but uh, China has been in charge since the virus entered our lives. We still see people wearing a mask. They're laughing. China laughs us every day. Every day they hear that stupid Biden flap his mouth. It's a very scary thing as far as I'm concerned. And that's my opinion. Because he's very incompetent, excuse me, ass. Yeah, but how? And so every time how, he opens his mouth. But, but how is China, China how is, is laughing at us every day. Okay, Bonnie, but let me ask you a question. How is China in charge since the virus? I mean, how are they in charge? Um, you know, explain. Well, think about it. I mean, my goodness. I mean, businesses here in Fairbanks, Alaska were closed. Only certain ones could stay open. And now you still have here in Fairbanks, where I live, hello, where well, they can't even find people to work because now we have a socialist society where people are getting money, and so it figured it out. And ever, you know, and people are homeless, so we got to worry about all those homeless people. Homeless people, we we're going to do something about them, and uh, we're going to do something about them, and we're going to take care of them, and only the people that work are going to take care of them and we're going to have Medicaid for everyone. You know, Medicaid is going to be for everyone. Isn't that a socialist society? Well, look, uh, Bonnie, I mean, I'm just going to say this. Uh, um, part, you know, part of what you're saying is true, but to say that this is all China, we were already heading down this road, right? We've already headed down dependency. I mean, Bill Walker, when he first started, put all the Medicaid stuff. But even before that, we were kind of a welfare dependent and welfare driven state. I don't think, I mean, as much as you, I mean, much as I think China is dangerous and a, and a problem, I don't think we can lay all the problems at their feet. We can't just say, look at all this stuff. It must be China's fault. We've got to analyze that. This was already happening, um, and there are bigger factors in play. But, I I mean, I I appreciate your opinion on it. I just don't think that this is all China's fault. They're having their own problems right now with their own lockdowns and everything else. They they could have their own revolution uh, before we go too far. All right, I got one line on hold, but unfortunately, I am late for the break. So, caller, please hold the line. We'll be we'll talk to you during the break and get you all scored away for the return. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty based. Free Thinking Radio. We're going to be back with more. Phone lines are open at 907-433-3150. We'll be back right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free, like America used to be. 
Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um, yeah. And Chris is not wrong about this. All the Republicans were silent about the Trump bump stock ban. That was just common sense gun control for everybody's safety. Exactly. I mean, they were all silent when he said, well, you know, after the Parkland thing, we'll just take all the guns and, and worry about due process later. But don't worry. He's still the most pro-gun president in history. Ugh. Yeah, right, right, right. I have never seen so much Kool-Aid in one room uh, when I when somebody first said something about that and I just pointed that out. Never seen so much Kool-Aid in one room uh, in my life. Uh, the <laughs> Donna just said, the Chinese were probably just scoping out their next real estate purchases. Uh, Michael says, or Mikhail says, it wasn't about carrying a payload. It's about how we respond and when we detect. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The only thing that I could say wrong about this was the weakness of the response, because I don't think it was necessarily anything dangerous, but I still didn't want it floating over the entire country. Why didn't we take it down? Why didn't we take it down? I mean, the Air Force has got F-22s, F-16s, F-35s. I mean, why couldn't we have done anything I mean, about that? Uh, you know, uh, it's funny how that balloon managed to fly over 21 military installations. Again, it wasn't about carrying a payload. It's about how we respond and when we detect. Mikhail says that's all the intel they were looking for. Uh, it could be, I suppose. It could be. Um, all right. I'm scrolling through. I'm, try, I'm trying to just trying to get caught up here. Um, military discourages the reportings of UFOs and UAP, which is unidentified aerial phenomenon. It was probably a couple of days before they realized it was Chinese and not an ET. <laughs> oh, man. Since when does the ATF have the power to create law? And that's exactly what the what the court said over the bump stock ban. Let me go to the phones. I forgot about the caller here. I got so wiped up. Let me, let's figure out who's on the phone and where they're calling from, and we'll get a fresh start when we jump to the other side. Good morning, caller. Who's this, and where are you calling from? Hi. Hey, Michael. This is Cindy calling from Sterling. Hello, Cindy and Sterling. If you hold the line, you will be first up in the queue, and we'll be back to you here in three minutes and 20 seconds, okay? So don't go anywhere. Okay. All right. Quick question. Oh, quick question. I'm sorry. I put you on mute for a second. What? Quick question. What? Hey, we have this uh, write-in candidate on the borough, Robert Wall. Okay. He's running for mayor, you know? Okay. And I'm trying to get information from the borough as far as if people have already voted and he's a late-breaking person, what if they want to go in and vote for him? Nobody can answer a question. I can't find it anywhere in statutes. I can't find it in borough code. I, I'm wondering, you ever hear this before? I've never heard of that before. Usually candidates have to be declared or, uh, you know, before everything's done as a write-in. There's probably, and if he comes in as a late write-in, there's probably nothing you can do. But let's talk about this on the other side. Okay, hold on. I want to I have that conversation because I know this is one of the things that I've been um, – getting some questions about and some emails about is the race down in the Kenai. 
because uh, there was a little bit of a kumbaya the other day where everybody said, well, if you're a Republican, everybody should vote for Peter Machicki so we don't split the vote. And I'm like, well, why don't we vote for the other guy instead of Peter Machicki and uh, don't split the vote? I mean, why why Machicki? Why is he the choice that everybody should make? Why not the other guy? What's the, you know, anyway, I know it's a big it's a big deal, but. All right. Um, all right. And, uh, yep, uh, Harold's stirring up hatred, discontent, and confusion in the, uh, in the chat room here. Um, I have quite a bit of property in Montana, says Charlene. People from China wanted to buy it a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know. They shot it down over the Atlantic where they could control the crash site, or sir, but I'm assuming he meant crash site. They could have shot it down over Alaska in many places where they could have controlled the crash site. Right. I mean, there was a lot of places that they could have done it. But, you know, it's it's it is what it is. Um, <laughs> I just slapped myself this side, that side. There is no side. There is them, government and us. Just go to your work. Give you give them your money and go back to it and go back to sleep. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yep. All right. Laura Bullen, left wing, right wing. All part of, I mean, that's the thing, the left wing and the right wing. What if I told you that the left wing and the right wing were all part of the same bird, right? What if I told you that the left and the right were both the same side of, different sides of the same coin? What if I told you that it doesn't matter if they've got an elephant or a donkey on their lapel? What if I told you that they're all in it together and they're all, we're the victims? How about that? Yep, that's it. Here we go. Uh, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. The Michael Duke Show. Not your daddy. Wait, sorry. Not your daddy? Ooh, not your daddy's talk radio. Whew, I was scared for a second. Thought we were going down. Here's Michael Dukes and the show. Mm, Yeah, not your daddy's talk radio. Uh, You know, again, trying to separate that left-right dichotomy, trying to show you that they're all on the same side, and it's us against them. Doesn't matter who's holding what position or doing what. The enrichment of the nouveau riche political nobility continues. Let's go over to the telephones here. We're going to talk uh, with the young lady down there in Sterling, and we're going to see what she has to say. Uh, And quite honestly, I forgot her first name already because I didn't write it down. That's the kind of day I'm having. But I know she's in Sterling. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Michael. Hey, my question today is, we do have a race going on in the Kenai, and my question yesterday to the borough clerk's office down here was, if somebody's voted and they decided that they want to write in Robert Wall to be the mayor, um, what's the process? Nobody could answer me in the borough clerk's office. Right. Okay. Nobody. I, I was, somebody said, wait a second, there's a lady here that used to work for the state. Let me ask her. 
okay? And then I said, no, 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 let me talk to legal. So I called up to legal, and the lady said, uh, you can't vote twice. I said, well, what's the authority on that? I mean, where in the, where in the state laws, where, where in the statutes, where in the, the borough codes is, is this address that you guys can just be telling me this? Right. And I said, can you give me a call back? Or get get the the attorney to give me a call back, and I'm not getting a call back or an email right. back or anything like that. So I'm just curious if anybody's ever ran into this before, and uh, that's just my question today. Well, I, I guess my I guess my thoughts on this would be this: that because Robert Wall, who by the way Robert Wall is is a write-in candidate. Uh, basically uh, competing with Peter Michicki, right? You've got you got the Richard uh, Durkavorkian and Bill Elam who are on the one side of you know the minority, like the, they're they're more on the left side of the spectrum, and then you've got Michicki who they're trying to hold up as the right side of the spectrum, and then you've got Robert Wall who did, became a writing candidate and said, wait, 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 if he's right, uh, we need something that's even better. Vote for me. Uh, the problem is, is that because he was not a declared and official candidate, you're probably going to have a hard argument saying, I've already voted because he came out after I'd sent in my vote uh, for, you know, for, uh, uh, you know, mailed in or already voted at the poll or whatever. He's already, you know, he, he, he wasn't there. But because he's not an official candidate, I think you're going to have a hard time being able to rescind your vote. But, but. But he isn't a. But he is a candidate now. He did the APOC stuff. He he did all that business. He did it from the North Slope. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he was up there working when he when 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 he said, "Nope, I'm doing it. I'm running." Right. And so, but, but I guess my biggest issue here is government. I mean, government here is my issue. My issue is I'm calling the borough clerk's office. Sure. And I'm getting told, no, 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 no. But you know what authority do they have to tell me that? If if it's out there, I just tell me the authority so I can just be done with it. So just but, tell I you mean, the statute. Yeah, tell you the a, a borough clerk's yeah yeah a borough clerk's office. Uh, if they don't know, they should say I don't know. I'm going to get the opinion on this rather than oh well talk to this lady that used to work for the state. I mean that's that's not acceptable for for me as you know as a taxpayer okay. and a citizen. So I guess in, I, in just just to but, clarify, your heartburn is not necessarily with the fact that you're not being able to change your vote. Your heartburn is with the fact that they can't give you an answer <laughs> as to why you can't change your vote. That's what you're saying is they can't just tell well, you yeah, yeah. no and, right. And typically, I mean, government, like if you go in and you say, um, um, you know, their, their process that they give us has to be backed up by something. They can't just willy-nilly make it up, you know, as it comes along. There, it has to be backed up by some source, a, a policy, a regulation, something. And I'm, I'm just not seeing that down here today. Right. And maybe, hopefully, I get it. I, I, you know, I've ratcheted it up and emailed it up a little bit further. So hopefully, I'll get a response. I'll let you. I'll share the response because yeah. I asked that it be done in writing because I can't understand when when they talk to me at times. So yeah. Anyway. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, you're right. Uh, they, <laughs> they, they should just not be able to say no. You can't do that, and you and you say, "But wait, show me the law that it says I can't do that," and then they can't do, they can't show it to you. You're right. You deserve to have answers in that regard. 
uh, regardless of whether or not people think right. that it's it's good or not. So I'm I'm with you a hundred percent. Bingo. I'm with you a hundred percent on that. All right. Well, thank you uh, for calling Have a in. Good day. Thanks. Appreciate it. 907-433-3150-907-433-3150. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Feel free to uh, smile and dial this morning and get us a, get us a phone call and uh, talk with us and tell us what your thoughts are on this or any other topic. Uh, any other topic is fair game this morning as we wind up the clock. State Senator Mike Shower is going to be joining us, and I just realized that I forgot to send Mike Shower the link for the thing this morning to do the deal, so i got to send that over here right now. So I'm going to do that uh, as we speak. We're going to invite Mike Shower on the program and get things uh, ready to rock and roll for Hour 2 for what we lovingly call the Shower Hour of Power. That's what uh, that's what we like to do. So uh, give us a ring and uh, and let us know what your thoughts are, because Mike Shower is about to take over the airwaves in the next segment. And uh, we're going to we're going to have all that. uh, It's going to be fun. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, Coming up on Friday again, Firearms Friday. We know that we're going to be, of course, talking to Willie Waffle for our weekly entertainment review. And then we're going to be uh, talking with uh, Chris Chang, our Top Shot champion for Season 4 of Top Shot. And finally, uh, we hope to hear from Jacob Sullum from Reason Magazine as well. It's, uh, it's going uh, to be fun. It's going to be good. Uh, in the uh, chat room, uh, Bert over at Politidic says, uh, also today at 3.30 p.m., is public testimony for SB 52, which is a bill about the student base allocation, the BSA adding $1,000 per student to the BSA, uh, approximately $150 million added per year and nothing in it. It's actually $250 million from what I understand. That was the original that was the original amount for the $1,000. Uh, but anyway, it's over $150 million, uh, approximately $150 million added per year. Nothing in it forces accountabilities for the outcomes of the student education. They can continue to be the worst in the nation for double to triple the cost of everywhere else. Today, 3.30, public testimony. Uh, Bert, if you want to give me a link or a phone number or someplace where people can call in and do that, that would be, that would be great. Um, all right. Um, and yes, hour two, Mike Shower. It's what we lovingly call Danger Zone. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. The Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Um, all right. A- adding a thousand dollars to the BSA is just a giveaway program. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you, that's what we've been saying the whole time. You are right. You are correct. A hundred percent correct on that. Uh, it makes no it makes no matter at this point. Um, actually, it would be, according to David Boyle, who follows these matters closely, actually it would be about two hundred and fifty million per year, and then inflation proof of the inflation proofing of the BSA uh, going forward or backwards as uh, you see fit. So there you go. There you go. Um, all right. Um, wow, look at that! I just looked up at the clock and realized. It's time. It's time to uh, get ready for hour two. Hour two is dead ahead. The shower hour of power. So that means we're going to go ahead and uh, we'll shut down the phone lines uh, for now. 
But we will remind you that if you'd like to help support the show uh, and you enjoy what we do here every day, you should come out to Facebook and YouTube and you should like and subscribe and ring the bells and do all those things. But you can also check out the Common Sense Core, which is our cool kids club. And that's where you help support the show and get access to cool things like swag and so on and so forth. Anyway, it's over there, patreon.com slash Michael Duke Show. All right. Hour two, dead ahead. For Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio, Mike Shower up for the Shower Hour of Power. That's up next. If you got to go and uh, you got to go to work or whatever, be kind. Love one another. Live well. We will see you on the other side. Okay, uh, there is one line on hold, so let's go over there and uh, talk to them real quick uh, to see what they have to say before I actually, I mean, I turned the phone number off the screen, but the phones are still on. So let me go over here and clear the phone lines out, see what people have to say while we're waiting for Mike Shower. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. It's Melody McCullough calling from Whistler. Good morning, Melody. What is on your mind, hey, my dear? You put, you put me on hold before you decided to hold to to cancel the, or put the call, take the calls off. Yeah. I was already on hold. I want to talk real quickly about what's happening in the borough with the school buses. Okay. okay. Parents aren't advised of what's going on. Our school bus drivers are striking due to safety issues with the buses, which are really bad. They're a parent's nightmare. I sat in on the borough the school district meeting last week. Um, I'm holding that to borough. Uh, school district responsible for not holding germ to their contractual agreements um, as far as nobody's holding Durham accountable for making sure that our buses are safe, for making sure our buses are running. Since day one, we've had nothing but problems, late starts, rotating buses. Now parents are transporting their own kids. I think parents need to be informed because there, there weren't very many panic parents at that meeting. Parents need to know what's going on with these school buses and what the bus drivers are fighting for. Everybody's angry at the bus drivers for striking, but when you understand why they're there, you get a better understanding of the nightmares that the buses that they're putting our kids on. Not only that, since Durham found out, what happened was when Durham got their fleet inspected last summer, there was only very few buses, like maybe 12 of their whole fleet was still was in the state of Alaska. None of the rest of the fleet had arrived. So the majority of the fleet that arrived, arrived after state inspection were yet put online and are out on the roads without DOT certification and safety inspections. And now, because Durham is not willing to negotiate with the bus drivers, um, they're, they're hauling buses out of here because DOT regu- the inspections are about to come public of how many buses in that fleet were not inspected. There were buses going out on flatbeds out of the bus barn yesterday. They're shipping the broken down, non-working buses out of Matsu before they're caught with their pants down around their ankles with all these buses that are having issues. Melody, what is the borough saying? What are the school board saying about these allegations? I know that Durham They're came. Not. I, I know that Durham came back and said, "Oh, we've passed all the OSHA, you know, stuff, so we're safe." 
but now you're talking about state inspections and stuff mm-hmm. that didn't happen. How are they letting these buses on the road without a state DOT inspection if that's if that's part of the requirement? Supposedly they have waivers for them, but nobody can come up and show what the waivers are for, or nobody from the school district is following up on these waivers that were put on these buses that came in afterwards to make sure that they are being uh, safety inspected by the state of Alaska. Oh. And now they're they're hauling these buses off the property because the heat, the fire's being turned up. Well, uh, I know that there's always two the sides. School board. Yeah, I know these things are always, I know there's always two sides to this whole thing. Um, and I definitely would love to hear more about what's going on on this. Um, you know, I know it's easy to just have a knee-jerk reaction. Do you want me to call back tomorrow and we can discuss yeah. this? Yeah, if we could discuss it tomorrow, if you want to come back, uh, call back. Uh, I don't tomorrow. want to interrupt. Yeah. No, and if uh, for some reason uh, we end up uh, with more phone calls later in this hour, you could call back and we could discuss it further. Because I think you're bringing up valid points. I think these are valid points that need to be addressed. I don't think we can just say, oh, well, you know, it's There's obviously so much more to it. Obviously, too. the unions I, are I, bad because they struck a... or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to hear more about it. So. Okay. All right. Well, thank- I will try to call back after shower hour of power. Yeah, we'll see if we have time, if we take phone calls, but just keep listening and you'll you'll hear it one way or the other. So thank you, Melody, for calling in. I appreciate it. Okay, I will, for I, sure. I appreciate it. Thank you. No uh, problem, Michael. Thanks. All right. Bye. Uh, okay, so that is uh, Melody. She's uh, coming in for the uh, uh, sh- right before the shower hour of power to talk about that. Sherry asks a good question. I agree. Per the contract, who's responsible for the state inspections? If Durham is responsible, then uh, and they say, well, we've got waivers. Well, it's on you to produce those waivers, because if you're driving buses that aren't and it's a requirement, you know, then, yeah, we need to know more about it. Um, Politidic. Wow, that's a big that's a big box of text. I can't even see my face. All you can see is my eyes. I just want to remind you to keep it simple, stupid, on the testimony. There's all the statewide testimonies. Um, 330 public testimony for SB 14, retired teacher retention. But if you dig into the bill, it's all about the defined benefits. Also today, 330, same time, SB 52, base student allocation, adding uh, $1,000 per student, approximately $150 million added per year if they do 2000 per student. And then it cut him off because I can't see the rest of it. But there you go. There are the phone numbers. It's up right there in the chat if you want to uh, listen to it and uh, go away. All right, let me – got to send a message uh, again here to see what's uh, uh, what's on the way. Let me go over here. Um, okay. There we go. Uh, we'll see what happens here in a hot second. Um researching durham they're bad actors says terry they have multiple businesses in the lower 48 no good reviews it's kind of like this program i mean lots of stuff going on just no good reviews that's really what it's all about no good reviews for this show all right well we're going to continue here in a moment the michael duke show continues common sense liberty-based free thinking radio
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, yeah, baby. Across the world, live on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. Hello, my friend. FM translator, for those of you who didn't know, because they don't have AM translators. So just pretty much assume that if I say translator, it means FM translator. All right? I'm just... For clarification purposes. Hello and welcome to Hump Day. It is uh, hour two of the big radio broadcast. And in the green room right now is our guest for this hour, state senator, uh, all around a good guy, fighter, scrappy, pugnacious. I don't know what other adjectives I could use to describe him, uh, but uh, he is, uh, we call him Smiling Jim around here. No, we don't call him that at all. It is State Senator Mike Schauer who joins us this morning to discuss everything that's happening down in the legislature. So let's go over and see him right now uh, as he joins us. Good morning, my friend. How are you this morning? I'm awake. How are you? <laughs> that sounded like a question. I'm awake. I mean, it was on the verge of being that's a question. Good. It is It that's is a question. Good. That's that's what's going on. Hello, sir. What? Uh, how, how are you doing? How's the week been? We've, we visit every week, um, and last week was our first visit of this session, so it's been seven days. Uh, I guess, have you changed your opinion on anything? Is everything going okay? Are you feeling optimistic or pessimistic? Uh, we're seeing all the discussions. Uh, I have no agenda. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have no agenda today. That's not true. I always have an agenda. We try to put common sense out there every day. That's the agenda. But I have no agenda as far as questions goes for Mike Showers this morning. So we're just going to kind of freeform riff and uh, start things off. Uh, Mike, pull your ca- pull your laptop camera to you a little bit here because you're down at the bottom of the screen and I'm at the top of the screen and it's it's freaking my OCD out a little bit. There we go. Uh, Mike Shower, uh, uh, how you doing, friend? Give me give me a give me a rundown here. What's happening? Well, I think uh, you know probably the biggest thing right now, Mike, watching is all the bills flow in and and the flow of lobbyists because it's been uh it's been the National Education Association, you know. Uh, kind of like NASCAR 500, <laughs> right? This week so far, last week, this week, it, we've been inundated with teachers, and sometimes there's like about 30 or 40 of them in the hallway. Um, I mean, and I'm talking, they are here in mass, um, lobbying like crazy. And of course, it's all about money and not just money, but permanent money in the sense of uh, not only a BSA increase, you know, the base student allocation, but also, um, for the defined benefits. So, you know, you can see where it's headed already. There's money um, 
uh, I'm just looking at some of the numbers and spend, I, was, I was a little bit tired this morning. I was up late last night trying to uh, look at the bills and do some math, sitting with staff, going through it. Had a pretty, it was a good meeting, but I've had a couple of the school districts come through the office, only two so far. Um, uh, it tends to happen when you get less lobbyists, I think, when you're not sitting in a majority yeah. and you don't have as much influence, right? Or you don't um, have as many chairs in your office because, you know, it's a closet, yeah, right? I mean, room. yeah. Standing room only. I've actually been in the conference room around the corner a couple of times because there wasn't enough room. Yeah, that's the way it goes. But looking at the money, boy, um, you know, they had a press conference with, let's see, who was it? Uh, the leadership team, Stevens, Toke, uh, Loki Tobin was on, although she's not leadership. Uh, Giesel, Bishop, mm, somebody else, I can't remember. And I was watching that and um, where they were just kind of gushing about, you know, how we're going to increase the BSA and, you know, we've got to get more money. And they never talk about the money. They only talk about how we're going to improve education and we have to make it better for the kids. And we've, we've not funded it well. And, you know, all this different stuff, you know, that's just, that's that you can tell where the narrative is right now, at least in the Senate for sure. Right. And the NEA and the groups, and it's all about how we're going to increase BSA. And we're going to, we're going to get defined benefits because that's going to help us out. But what they don't talk about Mike is the money at all and they continue to not educate the public on what the bsa how this works right we've talked about this before and i had a, a former school superintendent that went from bush teacher in the classroom all the way to superintendent a couple about four years ago invited that superintendent to come in and talk to the matsu delegation and take us to the bsa how it works and the the lesson here is that when you put in a dollar in the front side, it's not a dollar coming out on the back side of the BSA because you have all these multiplication factors with us. You might put in one dollar up front, it might turn into ten dollars coming out the back side. So they always talk about, well, you know, before it was like I think last year we did added 60 million already to the BSA. I actually put in an amendment to cut it, didn't pass. Um, because we're just throwing money at the problem, right? We're not having accountability, we don't have metrics to say here's what it's gonna be. You know, we have read by nine the act was passed last year so maybe maybe that will start to make a difference but so far it's just just throw money at the problem because if you just give money to a mic then it's going to be fine so they're talking anywhere i've heard the numbers of their little press conference there from about a thousand dollars up to sixteen hundred dollars in the bsa so the numbers for just a thousand dollar in bsa increase which i think takes it up to about sixty nine hundred something like that per student is a cool about 260 million dollars so that thousand dollar bsa increase is, is over a quarter of a billion dollars every year and it's only going to go up because they say oh, we've been flat funded but that's not really true they're they're not being honest about it because there's inflation proofing and other things that still right. happen right and of course if you take that up to let's say a 1500 bsa well now you're talking about a cool almost half a billion dollars every year forever and it's going to go up right that's before with when they start talking about the defined benefit plan right which is another oh probably well all told it's going to be several billion dollars right so you're looking at a cool billion plus a year starting off if we do this and the the house bill 22 um passed through the crna committee in the house and like two meetings one week boom gone already through now it's got more committees to go through 
And I'm well, sure and it can't go, to... and it can't go anywhere because they forced it through so fast. They didn't even include a fiscal note, which is ah. required. Uh, ah. And it can't even go into state affairs. No fiscal note because, hey, don't worry, this is going to save us money. Trust me. Actually, strangely, apparently, Mr. Josephson might have had that fiscal note for some reason, didn't attach it or bring it in. I can't imagine why. Maybe because it showed how expensive it was going to be. Yeah. And nobody wants to talk about the money. Yep. Well, let me Mike, go back and asking the question when like some of the one of the school groups that came to my office actually was really good. Like, look, we're not asking for money. We're just asking to be able to move stuff around and make it work. The other one was all about money and they were putting words in my mouth like I was trying to cut the budget. I'm like, when did I say cut? I've never said cut. I said accountability. Right. So show me the show me where we're getting the improvements and the metrics. We were looking not only at the money flow of this, like what it's going to cost, but we were looking at what the statutes say. Statutes actually direct, Mike, 70% of the money goes to the, the children. So we're sitting there thinking to ourselves, like, okay, well, if that's what it should be, you would think the BSA would work this way, 120, about 130,000 school-age kids, K-12 through in the state. So it'd be $130 million, right, for a $1,000 BSA increase, right? Right. That's what you think. Right. It's not. It's twice that. It's $260 million. And where's that money going to go, my friend? Because, again, right. they don't talk about well, that in the – Statutes say 70% goes to the students, but we know that doesn't happen. Then we know that that's double what it would be a thousand dollars per student because they apply the multiplication factors to it. Nobody will crack the formula open to actually look at it to redetermine how we're going to do that and make sure the money goes to the, the kids. We don't have metrics tied to that as far as what it's going to be for the money we're throwing at it. Add a defined benefit plan to it that we know is already going to be billions of dollars we can't afford. But see, this is the point, Mike. We're not talking about any of that. Because then you're just a mean person if you want well, to talk about the money because you don't care about the kids. I, and I want to go back to that because where is the counterpoint? I mean, where is the where is the other discussion on this that says, hey, uh, you, you know, the, on the narrative, like you said, you talked about the narrative. The narrative is, oh, we haven't we flat funded education. We have not done when that's not true. The BSA has gone up. Now, it hasn't gone up the 17 or 18 or 20 percent that they want. It went up 4 percent. And they and they neglect to tell people that the BSA is just one part of the school funding. I mean, it is the base part of the school funding. As Sarah Monteblano from uh, Alaska Policy Forum pointed out here a couple of weeks ago on the program, the school funding has increased in the last nine years, 35 percent increase in school funding overall. It's not just the BSA, it's more. And the fact that people, they keep saying these things like the BSA is how these kids are going to get educated when we know that the majority of the BSA is not going into classroom education. It's going into the way the formula is built. It's going into overhead. It's going into buildings and maintenance and administrative personnel. That's why you've seen the administrative personnel numbers go up like this, even though the enrollment is going down. Because the BSA is funding all that stuff, but they don't talk about that and they're not allowing any, and the news media is complicit because they're not asking the questions from the other side. The press isn't asking the hard questions, Mike. They're not doing their role. The role is to ask the hard questions and instead they ask stuff like, well, how do the students feel about it? Oh, are the, what, what is the NEA's position on this? What is, you know, everything is a group, you know, the, the positive side of it. Nobody's going, well, how are you going to afford a, you know, an extra uh, half a billion dollars a year. Um, where's the money going to come from? Are you going to increase taxes? Do, are they asking those questions, right? Are you going to cut it from other parts of government? Are you going to take it from Department of Public Safety and Corrections? Which, are you gonna, where are you going to get it? 
oh, wait, are you going to take the dividend down? Because that was the argument I had with the one. I had one really militant person in one of those school groups talking to me, you know, say that I asked for cuts. And so when did I say that? Well, that's what you're implying, really. So I said, so you want me to take money from the PFD and hurt old people, senior citizens, disabled and the poor by taking the PFD? Why didn't say that? Well, wait, don't put words. Well, you just put words in my mouth. You see how they want to do the arguments? So I said, I can right, go toe to toe right. with you. You're going to take it from the PFD and you're going to hurt poor people. That's what you want. Yeah. Well, and I find this whole Ooh. thing. Uh, well, do you? I find this whole thing supremely ironic because, uh, you know, this whole discussion, uh, because just the other day, uh, our old friend, uh, Mr. Stedman, was quoted in the paper uh, in that article about Donna Ardwin coming back into the legislature working for Ben Carpenter, that he just doesn't think that she's the right person for the job because back in the day, she said there was no analysis by Ardwin about the impacts of the cuts being proposed by the governor. He said she just wasn't a right fit for Alaska. Well, there's going to be impacts, not from cuts, but from spending. That You know, oh, it's okay to talk about the impacts of spending on the economy, but not about the impacts of uh, or of cutting on the economy, but not, not about the impacts of spending. The question is, as Brad Keithley keeps saying, who pays? Who pays for this stuff? Well, in, in this case, Mike, it's you know, you're going to go back to who's going to pay, who's going to get hurt the most. I think you got a couple of factors. I know our time is probably getting close to the break, so tell me when we need to we're close. But when you factor right, these in, up. first of all, you're going to hurt the poor and the the bottom half of the middle class the most. One minute. Um, so you're going to hurt them the most because that's what you're going to take from the PFT to pay. That's where this money's coming from. I'll tell you right now, they're going to take it from the, the permanent fund earnings. The government's going to end up gobbling most of it. We've been saying this for some time. If we didn't enact it into the Constitution with that comprehensive fiscal policy plan, the PFT was gone forever. And we're headed down that path. And that may be what happens unless yeah. the House steps up and blocks it. And then they were talking about, well, let's look at investment, right? Because, oh, we, we want to invest in education in the children, which, of course, I do, too. I don't hate children. I've got grandchildren inside the system, Mike. I want them to have a good education and a future. But they're talking about, well, we're never going to have any people left here because if we don't have a good education system, there's not going to be any industry. and They're not going to invest. So they're not going to invest here if the tax environment is so unstable, they don't know what's going to happen. If we keep spending money because we're going to go after the business. That's what that one guy that was in the office said. Well, we, we, you know, we're just letting the resource centers just take all they want out of here and they're not paying their fair share. Here comes the fair share argument, right? And I go, no, you're not going to have any jobs for these kids. They're going to leave this state because we are unstable. We are a third world nation. We're like a banana republic. Ask the CEOs of big companies. They'll tell you that. They don't want to be here in Alaska and invest because they have no idea what we're going to do. And we can't get our fiscal house in order. So that's the reason why, Mike. And look at us now. We're just going to willy-nilly spend money and take it. And who's going to want to invest in this state right. as a business owner? You don't know what's going to happen here. We can't, we can't control ourselves. And we don't have a tax base on top of everything else to support. So what happens if the oil money goes, oh, I don't know. They didn't know what the percentage of the, those terrible oil industries. Like they pay for over a third of it. What happens when they're gone or that dries up? You want to talk about cuts? Wait until you see what happens next time when oil's out of here because they go, we're not going to be able to do anything, and, and Biden's shutting down our industry. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Mike uh, Shower. Yeah, Mike Shower is our guest. Uh, we're going to continue this discussion on the other side. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio.
If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right. uh, In the break right now, Mike Schauer is uh, our guest. I guess the thing that I find the most offensive about this whole thing, uh, Mike, uh, well, there's lots of things that I find uh, angering and offensive, but the the infuriating part is the narrative that's being picked up by the news media, and they are not, there is no counter argument. There is no, it's like they take the words from the legislators and they take it as gospel and they just, again, we've seen story after story about how there's been zero increase and about how the kids are underfunded, and and that's the reason why our scholastic achievement is so poor, because we're just not keeping up with the rest of the nation. Again, no mention of the actual numbers and stats and analysis that the BSA is just one part of it, that there's been all these increases outside of it, that it's been 30-plus percent increase over a number of years and everything else. And, and <clears throat> the news media is complicit in forwarding Really, uh, a a lie through omission is what it is. A lie through omission because they're only telling you part of the story. Well, Mike, does that surprise you? Most of the press are Democrats or leftists or progressives. That's where people, and they have been pushing people on the left into that industry for a very long time because they knew they needed to control it, just like they have control of Hollywood for the most part, just like they have control of most of the education system for the most part. It's a it's a battle plan. They take over those industries. They make sure they put their people into there because then you control the narrative. You control the country. You change the hearts and minds of the children. Like Lenin said, give me a generation and I'll change the world. Right. Because all I have to do is, is take over the minds of the children and indoctrinate them. So. They're not going to ask those questions, Mike, because not not all. There are some, I think, believe it or not, there's a, there's a few relatively objective journalists, um, even though I think most of them still are left of center or far left of center, depending on who it is. But, you know, even then, um, if you had an objective reporter, which I have seen some fair stuff out of a few of them. There's a couple. I won't name names. Um, but they... Even a few times I've seen some things happen and I've had discussions with a couple of reporters. I said, well, what about this? How come you wrote it this way? And they said, that's not my not my call. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, my editor, you know, said I can only say this or that they had to change the headline to say that. So even if one wants to put stuff in, sometimes they get blocked. They get blocked by the far left editors at the Anchorage Democratic News or, or one of the other sources or they're told they're not going to report on them. So even then, um, you can't get past you know, the, the, the wall, if you will, of separation of leftist ideology from the news source. So who's going to do the counter narrative, Mike? Who's going to ask the question? Who's going to print it or report it or talk about it? Especially if they want to keep their job, right? Well, it's, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I guess that's part of the problem. And of course, people, for the most part, I mean, this program is targeted towards, Super voters, you know, people who are informed, who are engaged, who stay up to date on all the minute details of this. I mean, we're kind of preaching to the choir on this because you got voters out there that they don't educate themselves and all they do is see the headline and they go, oh, my gosh, we're flat funding education. This is why our students are failing. We need to fix this. And, of course, that's part of the problem, right? I mean, that is that they, they are only catching the headlines and they're not getting deeper into this. 
And so that's why they're that's why they're winning the battle. That's why the those that are more pro government, big spend, uh, you know, pump up the education unions and do all this stuff and dis and deceive and misform misinform people. That's why we have this problem. So, like you said, if I was a reporter, one of the questions you might want to ask say, "Well, where are you going to get the money from?" Right? And uh, oh, I think one of them, it might have been Senator Stedman, said something to the effect of, "You know, it's not a problem" or something. There was some comment he made, you know, because he's finance co-chair, so you know, it's appropriate for him to make a comment on it. But it was something like, "We're not; it's not going to be a problem" or something to that effect. And I know that you know the answer is going to be, we all know it, Mike. I mean, it, nobody's a fool here. It's going to be by just taking more of the permanent fund earnings, right? They're just going to take more than a, yeah. than the statutory formula. They'll take more than a 50-50. <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm betting that this, the, the way we're going now, it's going to be less than a $1,000 PFT. That's the number I've heard bantied around so far. We'll see. Um, but I don't know how we're going to balance the books otherwise. Not with these kind of spending increases, right? Right. So we'll talk about it back on the air. All right. Mike Shower is our guest. Uh, we're continuing with him. Please like and share the show. Like and follow the show page. Make sure that you uh, subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. Here we go. Jumping back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free-thinking radio. The Michael Duke Show. Proudly splitting the left versus right uh, dichotomy. Yeah, I had to look that word up, too. I don't think it means what he thinks it means. Here he is, though. That guy, Michael Dukes, the one with the show. That's right. The one with the show. Uh, Common Sense Radio, it's what we do. Mike Shower is our guest. We were just talking about the complicity during the break, the complicity of the news media in uh, some of these stories. Uh, and how anytime we talk about something that is counter to the narrative that's being pushed by Senate leadership, uh, House minority and the news media, we're being labeled as, well, you just why do you hate children? Mike Shower, why do you hate children? Don't you don't you know that they are our future and we teach them well and let them lead the way uh, kind of thing? Uh, so anyway, you were saying before you were so rudely interrupted by the break, that's where we're at. Yeah, so. You know, I think it's important that people hear sometimes there are a few objective reporters that have asked good questions and they actually, you know, have fairly painted both sides of the of the story of what's happening here now and then. Not always, but sometimes. And sometimes we have to yell at them a bit, but they they will do that. And then sometimes they get shut down, though. I've seen this happen where, you know, they want to print something or say it and they've tried, but the editor shut them down, you know, at the Anchors Democratic News or, you know, somebody else. So there's more to it than just that. But, you know, we're, we're looking at things, and I, I think it's important, that third rail, right, or, you know, the fifth column, we've got the press out there that's supposed to be asking these hard questions and keeping the government accountable. But if they can't report on stuff or won't, then that that hurts, right, because you would want them to ask questions. I remember, I think it was, because this is ironic, because this, you know, Senate coalition and our Republican colleagues decided to give, you know, Senator Hughes and I zero committees, right? So we have, we, we can't effectively work on policy and legislation for our district because they've silenced the voice of 115,000 Alaskans in the Senate. And so I have, I have more time on my hands, right? So more time to cause trouble. Woo-hoo. But what I can do, and I've been doing a lot of, is going and watching all these different um, press conferences and committees because I have more time than I used to have before. And so it's actually an ironic comment talking to some of the House members, because before they'd be like, hey, Mike, what are you doing? You want to talk? You want to come sit at the House uh, minority Republicans? Because they have been in the minority the last four years. And all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, how's it going? You know, Rep X, Y, Z. 
and they're like, I'm busy. You know, they got their head down. They're just walking fast. I'm like, hmm, different being the majority, isn't it? So <laughs> it's like a, a flip to watch those guys, how busy and running around yeah. they are. Yeah, now, exactly. Now I'm, the, now I'm that guy. Now I'm like, well, um, I can come sit and talk to you. Oh, I don't have time right now. Surprise. Yes. It's actually but, busy when you're in the majority. Yeah. But I remember watching one. I think it was uh, Senator Giesel made a comment. I don't know if a, a, a press person asked or if she just commented on it, but there was something that drove the conversation. It stuck in my mind because it was about um, not her answer, but it was about the, the press asking the question and maybe a follow-up question. And some, something came up and her comment was, well, you know, the people, you know, we just had a constitutional convention question on the ballot and 70% of the Alaska people said no. And, and it, it might've been in reference, I think, to the judicial selection bill or, you know, that yeah. maybe it was right after Winfrey's speech and the chief justice. Right. And she's like, the people don't want to change this. And it takes a constitutional amendment to change how we select our judges. And nobody questioned that. Nobody said a word. Nobody followed up. And I go, well, first of all, that's wrong. It does not. I've had a bill in for two years that I got to Senate finance last year and they killed it. Um, their call. They told me that. And you don't have to change the Constitution to change how we change judges. Because the bottom courts, all three of the lower courts can be by law, which is the legislature, we can change how we select and pick those judges. Totally our call. And, and that would be one question because somebody that was really following this, they should ask, well, there was a bill by Senator Shower, or didn't have to say my name, just say a bill that, you know, said, you know, you could change how we do this, you know, through statute. Nobody questioned it. What she said, they took it as gospel. And the second part of it was, you know, another savvy report. If they wanted to be fair, they go, well, you know, um, Senator you know, the uh, pro-Constitution convention was outspent over 100 to 1, mostly by lower 48 money, dark money from outside of the state, from big unions and others. Don't you think that had an impact on the people's opinion? Because even today, we're still getting inundated with dark money, commercials left and right all day long from Alaskans for better elections and others oh, about yeah. how, oh, the, the ranked choice voting was the best thing ever. But see, here's my point, Mike, not to what she said or that, but it was what the press doesn't do, right? They don't follow up. They don't ask those hard questions and they should be doing that because they're supposed to be objective. They're supposed to be asking and digging for the whole story, not just one side of the story. But when the press mostly leans left and so they agree with the narrative that's being pushed by those people in charge or this Senate body or whatever it is, they don't go farther. They don't dig because they agree with the story and they like it. So they just let it go. Do you think they're going to come talk to me and ask me, well, hey, Mike, you know, this senator said that or this was that, you know, but you had this bill. One, Mike, one reporter came by to his credit and has asked questions about that because he was following it and we discussed it. And we'll see if he's able to print something on it or not. One out of a dozen of them running around and they're listening, asking questions, right? right. So I think that's an important part of this conversation because the press has a job to do. And I would argue that the press fails more often than not in this state to do that because they are not giving a holistic picture of what is happening. So people can truly, you know, we report, you decide. One right. Of these, you know, uh, well, companies always said that. And I that's think it's what, valid. Yeah, I think that's when their cognitive biases are showing through. As you said, most of those in the fifth estate have uh are you know are either center left or just full-on left leaning and and they're letting those biases i think shine through by not allowing 
or fully explore. You know, it'll be a whole story about a specific topic, and they'll have one little tiny two-sentence paragraph about what the opposition said, and yet the rest of the article is extolling the virtues or highlighting all the positives that all the pro people are saying, and the one con person gets two little lines in there. Uh, I think that's got to change. Um, can we get down into the details of this just for a second, though, and talk about, you know, the the bills that are coming through on this, the BSA increase and everything else? Is anybody, with the exception of you in the minority and maybe some of the, is anybody else talking about, fine, we could talk about a BSA increase, but we need to talk about the accountability measures that are going to be baked into it, that if there is an increase, that it must be tied to some kind of achievement increase in scoring and stuff like that, because we're 49th out of 51 states on, you know, reading and writing and science and all these other things. This new report just came out here recently. The Heritage Foundation has it put out that we are in the bottom of everything, yet we spend, we're in the third from the top in spending. And so something has got to go wrong. Putting more money in it without that accountability means nothing. Well, you and I know that, but I'm not hearing anybody that is in these committees to is or asking those questions, Mike. You don't have minority in committees in the Senate to ask questions. So they've already silenced us effectively by kicking us to the side. So they've taken care of that little problem, that little thorn on their side. They just don't listen to us and don't even give us a voice, right? That's one thing. They've they've shut it up and I don't hear them talking about it otherwise. Uh, I have yet to see that coming through the House, but um, we'll have to see how the House committees that are different. You know, you have more Republicans and more conservatives uh, in those committees. So perhaps we'll see that conversation. Um, now, remember, CRNA had on, on uh, House Bill 22, because there's multiple versions of bills out there for defined benefits. Um, they moved that through, like I said, in two meetings and just cranked it through. And it was a Bush um, one of the Bush caucus, uh, independence, but my guess is he leans more left than independent. I just don't know enough to, to know for sure. I only know that the typical code word for independent is really left. And they just put an I in front of their name than a D because they less chance of getting elected. If there's a D now that's not true for everyone. I, I just know that that's, that's more often than not the case in Alaska. When you see independent, I go Democrat, probably I can tell you some cases where it's not like Josiah, Peckatuck, he's definitely not left. Um, and I think he's actually uh, very conservative, uh, you know, from his social and, and business perspectives, as many native Alaskans are. Um, it's just like, it's almost like certain other groups across the lower 48, like they assume like Latinos would be left because why? When Latinos actually, from a perspective of, you know, pro Second Amendment, pro family, religion, et cetera, et cetera, really are more aligned with a right perspective politically than they are left. They're just taught that, oh, well, you know, Republicans are X, Y, Z. So you don't want to be, you know, what, you know, with that group. So I, I don't know enough yet, but I, what concerns me as I watched that bill, that House Bill 22, just rocket through that led by a independent from the Bush. And it was like, it was like a, a train, Mike, that was just, you know, no breaks. There was right. no stopping it. There was no slowing it down. There was hardly any real hard questions asked and it just moved right on. And that's in a Republican-controlled um, house. So I know there are other committees still it has to go through, so we'll see what happens. My point of saying that is I, I have concerns. <laughs> we'll see, you know, yeah. how do the committees run it, what's going to happen. I think that's an understatement. You know, I have hopes um, that, you know, the, the hard questions will be asked and they'll slow things down, maybe even stop them. Right. Um, and until we can get the full narrative, until we can have a full discussion and, 
breakdown of the actual numbers. How much is this going to cost? How are you going to pay for it? The, like I said, arguing with those groups that came through my office, I was asking the questions like, folks, how do you expect me to agree to just agree to a thousand dollar over a quarter of a billion dollar increase to a BSA? Got another probably couple billion if you want to look at the total actuarial cost of a defined benefit plan and ask the question you did. Where's the metrics? How do I know? To which there was silence. There's no answer. But they do not know how to answer it, Mike, because there isn't one when we talk about the accountability for the money we're spending to show me something that's going to get us at a 49th or 50th. When I asked that question, I said, you show me where it gets us to number 30 or number 20 or number 15 in the nation. And I'll be more than happy to look at how we spend that money and work it out. But until we fix the underlying structural fiscal problems in the state, how can I do that? Because I'm looking at the young lady sitting there that's a student. And she had really good questions. You know, about, you know, well, what happens, you know, because I want she's like, I want to have a defined benefit plan and, and a BSA increase because it's for the students and help us and all this stuff. So I asked the questions about, well, where's the accountability? How do I know how the money's going to be spent? How's it going to get us out of the bottom category? I said, I know it's not every school. You can't broad brush every school district. There are some that are bringing us way down, right? That are performing really poorly and some of them are doing OK. It's a mix. But the problem I have here is how do you how do you reward the districts and schools that are doing well? and not reward the ones that aren't. They won't let us do that. Right? Right. They're gonna throw money at the problem across the board without the accountability. So I go, well, that's one problem, but how do you know to have the stability, like we said before the break, that you're gonna be able to have businesses invest because we're a banana republic. We're like a third world nation. Nobody wants to invest here. They don't know what Alaska is gonna do. We can't fix it. We've got a fiscal policy working group plan that would allow us to balance it, right? And then you'd have your fiscal structure set. There would be stability certainty moving forward for business to invest now we might at least know and if you tied that with some accountability to education spending if somebody would ask the questions and actually hold them to account for the money well now we're making progress we're not doing any of that mike the only conversation going on in the senate i see so far is like oh it's for the children then we have to spend more money and we're going to take that money by the way my friend from the very people that need it the most to survive right we're going to take it from the permanent fund earnings we're going to chop that dividend down. We're going to give it to a small segment of state government because state government's going to gobble that up. And then the poor people and the senior citizens and the ones that need it the most, we're going to say, bye-bye. Right. You know, oh. I, I don't know what to tell them. That's, that's the plan right now, Mike. I guarantee you that's the plan. And if all of this takes place and we end up with a defined benefit plan for all state employees, which I can tell you, that's where this is headed, right? Now. Oh, well, yeah, we know that's um, where it's headed. I mean, that's what Josephson said his hope was. And if the oil ever does shrink, because we had, like I said, we have a president Biden that's, you know, I think what Senator Sullivan said, 44 individual um, executive orders of actions against specifically just Alaska, as he called it a war in Alaska by this administration. And I don't think he's wrong. Right. And, uh, Willow, which has the potential, you know, to open up, you know, better part of 250,000 barrels of oil a day, you know, um, for the state to pump up our production again, they've effectively got to shut down and that EIS or the, uh, the decisions coming up in the next 30, 35 days. And so knowing how they're going to play this game, they'll likely shut that down. So I go, would you keep shrinking oil and you keep kicking out of a state? And asking Venezuela and Iran and Russia and others to produce more oil, places that don't care about the environment. They suppress their people. They do all kinds of bad stuff. And we can't do it in Alaska where we do it better than anybody in our own country with our own, you know, where we have law and order and things we follow. So where are you going to get the money, Mike, after that yeah. dries up? 
when you have no industry, you have no tax base to tax because we don't we have such a small state population. Where are you going to get it? When the money supply runs out, how are you going to pay for all this government that you've created and increase the spending on? Well, that's the, that's the no options, brother. It's the question that nobody's asking. How do you pay for it all? How do you pay for it all? Their answer, of course, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, is we'll just take the permanent fund because, you know, we're providing services for and all those people that are hurt. We're providing services for them anyway, so they should be fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, that's the answer we're getting right now. Mike Shower is our guest. We're going to continue here with him. One final segment dead ahead. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, Free Thinking Radio. Hey, Mike. Um, Mike has to pop on. Common Sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Mike Michael Duke Show. Okay, we're back. Uh, sorry about that. I can't. Uh, you can't talk when we're doing the thing. Yeah, we're <laughs> well. We're we, you were talking over the music and stuff like that because you're you're on the same channel. Uh, what were you saying? I'm sorry. You might have to what? I have to drive into the office for a meeting here at eight o'clock. So either I have to bow out now and ditch you, unfortunately, or I can go to the headset and talk to you, but I won't be able to do this this fun little you know video. Right. That we love. Are you on the phone right now? Or are you on a laptop? Well, I'm on a laptop. Um, uh, if you want to talk to us on the phone, I suppose we could do that. Since I just told people you were coming back, you could do that if you want. Put yourself on the headset, and we could talk over the phone. Or you could. Uh, act- there's a meeting all last night late, and I didn't see it, so I'm like, oh shoot, it was at eight o'clock. So like, of course, I can't go the whole program. Right. We're on the radio. Uh, if you want to, uh, you can actually use your phone um, and. Uh, uh, just do audio through this because you can follow the same link on your phone or you can just call me. What Either way, either way, whatever. I can pull it up on this here real quick and I'll just talk to you that way. Uh, so I should be back on with you by the time we, uh, by the time we come off the break. Okay, go ahead and do it and uh, back up. If that doesn't work for some reason, just call me on the phone. That'll okay, okay, sorry. Thanks. Got to right. go to work, man. Important stuff. I know. <laughs> you are working. I just want to let you know that you're working right now. So, all right. Yes, Thanks. Okay. Uh, all right. We're going to pull Mike Shower back on here in just a hot minute and we will get him squared away. All right. Let me uh, make sure everything's connected properly and we are good to go. I don't know if this is good or bad, these, this conversation with Shower, because I just, I just get so irritated by this whole thing. So irritated by the blase attitude of many of these legislators who are like, oh, yeah, well, we're just going to we're just going to take it. It doesn't matter who has to pay for it. It's important. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, oof. Yeah. Um, uh, this is the Freedom Liberty based radio show where you get blocked if you don't agree. Obviously, that's not right, Harold, because you're still here. I don't know what. It's like he just decides he wants to poke stuff because you want to poke stuff. And I just gave him what he wanted, which was the attention that he wanted because he poked stuff. But you're still here, man. I I don't know what, you know, what more, how much more, how much more can I show you that I'm a patient person other than you saying things that are, you know, wrong and, uh, and, you know, and by the way, don't call people out. I I was going to say something to you about that earlier, Um, you know your whole stick to license plates comments and stuff like that. No ad hominem. Okay. No attacks on people directly. You want to disagree with people. Fine. No attacks. That's, that's not, 
that's this is not cool. It's just, you know, just not cool. So I haven't blocked Harold. Harold's still here. You're still here. So stop whining, I guess is what I'm saying. Stop whining about it. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, he, t- <laughs> he drinks Folgers. Does that explain it? Because he drinks Folgers? Maybe, maybe, um, maybe that was it. Uh, let's see. Intensive needs funded 13 times the BSA. Uh, districts get a factor of 1.2 times the special. What? Oops. Wrong one. Uh, right here. Um, politic. An intensive needs child is funded 13 times the BSA, which is about $78,000. Districts also get a factor of 1.2 times the BSA for special needs kids. Oof. Um, okay. That's, uh, that's, uh, some crazy stuff. Um, all right. Uh, where was I? Uh, what else have you guys been saying during the break here? Can I exhort you to please, since there's 65 something people between the two chat rooms right now to make sure that you go out and you like and follow the show page on Facebook. I guess that's, I don't really need that, but what I do need you to do is go over to YouTube plink. Nope. I just, I, I screwed it up. There's a dot at the end of it. I screwed it up. Nope, it didn't. It posted it properly. All right, there's the link to the YouTube page. Uh, If you would just go over there and subscribe and ring the bell, I am currently sitting at 406 subscribers. I only need 594 more to hit the 1,000 mark. That's what we need to do. And I'm working on putting up more content every day on YouTube and doing things like shorts and some other stuff. I did one yesterday, but it didn't turn out. The, didn't show up at the right spots. So we're going to try and fix that today. But anyway, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. So you should go up there and check it out. <clears throat> Mike Shower is our guest. I think he is uh, in the uh, he's in the chat room with us. Are you there with us, Mike? I am. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. All right. Um, all, right. all right. Not bad. It's a little little tinny, but we'll uh, we'll deal with it for the nine minutes that we are on the uh, thing there. Um, we're 40 seconds out. So you all ready to go? You're driving and ready to go. I'm driving back into me. I'm ready to go. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's continue 10 seconds out. The Michael Duke show, common sense, Liberty based free thinking radio, like and share, like and share here. We, well, here we go now. Let's do that. Okay, welcome back to the program. We are continuing now. Mike Schauer is our guest. Uh, He had to change venues a little bit because he's on his way to a meeting. So he's now uh, proceeding with us over the telephone here. And so we're going to jump over to him uh, right now. Mike, uh, final thoughts here. You get the final segment to basically talk about whatever you want to talk about. Let's, uh, 
let's kick it off here. What uh, what other things are happening outside of the BSA? Did we didn't really talk much about the defined benefits plan? Do you want to discuss that? Well, that's that's bills come out as well, Mike. We know that's going to be an issue. Um, I think those are two of the most distressing ones to me right now is to see the Senate, a coalition, you know, with with nine Democrats and only eight Republicans when there's 11 Republicans. This is troubling because I know for a fact there are at least some Republicans in those eight that do not support massive BSA increases without any accountability and do not support a defined benefit plan. But they have aligned themselves with nine Democrats, most of whom support it. So they are now outnumbered in a big way. And this is a choice they made to kick out the three most conservative members um, simply because we wouldn't agree to a binding caucus. And so now you've got trouble. And depending on how the House lines up and what happens, we may or may not be able to stop this or have a reasonable discussion and debate on how you might modify and amend those bills or those plans to something that might work. There might be some options that would not be so expensive. But, you know, the reality is, Mike, the way some of this is sailing through, like the CRNA committee in the House is, is concerning. I mean, there was like, like I said, there was no breaks, but on that thing just sailed right through there. You're like, oh, boy. Um, so, you know, and I go back to, you know, the press, again, asking questions and drilling down. That's a part of their job, in my opinion, is to ask these questions and go through these things. You know, like I said, when um, the comment was made by one of the senators at that press conference, you know, about, uh, you know, selecting our judges. I go, well, they should know that. They should know that there's been bills and discussions and hearings about these things and multiple committees about there's other ways of doing things, but yet they don't ask those questions. And that's more so than what a senator says. Any, any senator or house rep, you know, whatever they say, they say there's individuals here, right? 60 of us, there's different opinions. I don't care. People should be free to vote and say and do what they want. Now, we know that's not necessarily true with the binding rule that we seem to love so much in this state, but my point is they can say and, and, and do what they think is best. That's what they should be free to do. They were elected to go there. We should all have that option. But that being said, the press is part of holding us accountable and making us answer questions to the public for a, a broad, objective discussion and debate on the merits and the pitfalls of the various legislation. It's one of the reasons I will never agree to a binding caucus. I can't discuss and debate the merits of the budget or a, a president or House Speaker's decisions, you know, the uh, procedural votes on the floor until I see them. How can I possibly agree to vote yes on things that I don't know what they are yet? It doesn't make sense. But the right. press right. should be asking those same questions, right? You know, they should be asking questions about the binding rule. How can you, how can you agree to vote for something before you've seen it? You know, how can you punish other elected officials? You know, isn't that, you know, a violation of ethics? I mean, my point to all that is not to get boiled down or you know embroiled in that discussion but to say as you can see today i'm kind of focusing on the press because i think they're by and large failing in their duty to ask the hard questions even if they don't agree with them was it uh i forget which very famous uh member of the press many many decades ago said that you know that that's you know you're somebody they should have a whole career and nobody should be able to tell what your politics are something to that effect right exactly right you said, should be but, able to go the whole career you know, and not know i think it was walter cronkite i think that said something like it that. might have been walter cronkite yeah that said and it was something to that like effect that. which is valid that's what it ought to be you can go vote how you want and hang out in the boardroom you know with your buddies having cocktails and lambasting the other side that's fine but when you do your job you're supposed to be objective you're supposed to ask all of the questions and print a fair 
accounting of that so that the people can actually make decisions based on good information. The reason the moniker fake news has become so popular and it's not wrong is because it is fake news, Mike, because it's not real news and it's not real news if it doesn't present the entire picture, but only one side of the story. That's got another word for it, my friend. It's called propaganda. So unfortunately, much of our news in today on, on many sides is more propaganda and or entertainment than it is actually objective journalism. And that's frustrating because it makes it harder for us to do our job, right? Because now I've got to go out and try to tell the people, well, no, that's not true. Like you said, no, that's not, no, that's not the real number. No, that's not actually, no, actually education hasn't been flat funded this entire time. No, the BSA has actually increased. No, we actually added $60 million last year just out of the blue. No, we don't have accountability. No, we actually are the top in the nation by second or third for how much we spend. No, we actually are the bottom. And, you know, so these are the things that the press could help with the narrative and the debate if they would do these things. But unfortunately, don't. And when a senator or a rep says something and they just take it as gospel, well, then they fail to do their job. Because there's more to it than that. And it, unfortunately, it's not fair or right to the public. And frankly, Mike, the ones that are really hurting, when they always say it's for the children. Well, you don't like the children because, you know, actually, you're the ones failing the children because you are not having a broad and fair and objective debate about the pros and cons of what we're doing today that is going to actually hurt the children. Because right. you can throw money at it today, Mike, but if we screw this state up, if we don't get our act together with a solid fiscal plan and put our house in order, the ones that you're hurting are the children. Because there's going to be no business here. There's going to be no investment in Alaska. All the businesses, the big ones that really would bring the money, are going to leave or never come here. And guess what's going to happen to those kids? There will be no job market for them to go to. Right. They're going to go to other states where it's booming, like Florida and Texas, where I just saw a, a report on it, read it a couple of days ago, where over the last year, they're leaving in droves out of California and New York. And you want to know where they're going? Texas and Florida. Two of the yeah. top three or five or whatever in the nation people are moving to. And the reason they're moving, pro-freedom, Mike. Business yeah. is booming. They're pro-business. They're pro-freedom. They were anti-mask. They just did all this stuff that people say, I want to go there. And they're leaving crappy places that are falling apart like California and New York with ridiculous, draconian left-wing policies. And the people have said, I've had enough. Right. I'm going to take my toys and I'm going home to another place. Well, and, and I so. I That's get, what could happen here, Mike, if we don't do our job and the press doesn't help us do it better. Well, I got to say, and it's a little disappointing that the only counterpoint to everything that we're seeing is like this show, which has a, a has a good reach, but it's not nearly it doesn't have nearly the same reach or anywhere near the same reach as the mainstream media. I mean, that's kind of a sad statement. We're the only one that's kind of countervailing these kind of options. And I mean we can only do so much we only have so much exposure from this program we need more people to be involved and we need more people to be asking these hard questions about why aren't we hearing the whole story and you said the same thing yourself mike it's most of the same people it's the same people every week that pay attention they're actively involved but it's you know it's a few hundred maybe for lucky a few thousand with the radio touch it's not a hundred thousand or one hundred fifty thousand, because frankly my friend that's the kind of numbers you need to see if you're going to actually start affecting policy and these decisions because that's what the press is saying, right? You had all the big newspapers and TV, yeah, they're reaching several hundred thousand people on average a week, but they're reaching them with, as we just discussed, not the whole story or only one side of the story. It's right. not a balanced debate and discussion for our future, which is back to who really 
doesn't care about the kids. Yep. Mike, if you're going to set up a future that's going to break it. One so, minute One minute here. Right. Let me give you the floor for one minute here for your final thoughts. Shoot, I don't know, Mike. I'm just going to have to keep working. We're going to have to keep trying to hold them accountable. We're going to have to keep talking to you on the radio, social media, you know, get the word out and uh, on what's happening. And, and I'll just keep reporting to you, Mike. I don't have a lot of um, authority this time around because of, you know, what the coalition did to us. But um, it doesn't mean we're not effective in communicating, right? We're certainly working with our House colleagues. I'll continue to work with the governor on options moving forward, and we will do what we're doing now. You know, the, the best we can do now is be the clarion call, Mike. We can highlight what's happening. I'll be paying attention to the bills. I'll come on the program with others and try to tell you guys what's happening so you can see it, because that's it's going to take engagement for the public to try to uh, stem the tide and make sure we do this right and don't break the bank. Well, States, State Senator Mike Schauer, thanks for coming on board this week. Good luck. Uh, I know you got a meeting here in a minute or two, so thank you for being part of it. Thanks for sticking with us through the whole hour. We really appreciate it. Sure, sure. All right, my friend, we will talk with you uh, next week, okay? Folks, all right. Uh, all right, appreciate it. Folks, we're out of time. we got more coming up tomorrow for Thursday. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Be kind. Love one another. All right, my friends. Well, uh, Mike Shower is uh, off and on the way. We will uh, continue to uh, try and bring this stuff up, try and talk about it, do everything that we can do. That's all. It's all we can. That's all we can ask right now, right? Just keep trying to push the. Just keep trying to push the stuff and get it all done. All right. Well. We are out of time, and we will see you tomorrow, bright and early at uh, 6.03 a.m., right here on The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We will see you tomorrow, folks. Have a great day.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 